today on the Tearsheet Podcast. For that first round, we're building out the requirements for governance, the board, the mm-hmm. distribution strategy, and we're putting growth capital into these deals. And, and what's incredibly valuable about the bank tech deal, I've been selling to banks my entire life. It is so expensive and cost prohibitive to get that first 10 to 20 banks because of the infosec, the balance sheet requirements. There's so much that needs to be um, really leaned into to get that to go from like two banks to 10 banks. And now we have this bank network that we can invite into the room and we can completely show the goods. And these banks are hungry. This is Zach Miller, founder and editor at Tearsheet. I wanted to invite you to Tearsheet's latest event, the day-to-day conference. A big theme on this program and in our reporting has been about how financial data is the underpinning of modern financial services. From data aggregation to using big data to comb through customer behavior, financial ecosystems are growing up around banks and fintechs through data aggregators. The day-to-day conference brings together financial services, fintech, and vertical industries looking to create new financial products and services through leveraging customer data in their own firms, and across the entire industry. We've got a great speaker lineup. Register today by going to our website and clicking on the Day-to-Day Conference button at the top right of your screen. Tearsheet's Day-to-Day 2021 Conference is sponsored by Pfizer, Plaid, MX, Finicity, and Argyle. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. Money continues to pour into the space. From IPOs to large venture rounds to SPACs, there's a lot of liquidity sloshing around. And yet, there's still lots of opportunities. Jam Fintop BankTech is a $150 million investment fund recently closed, looking to deploy capital into tech firms serving community banks around the U.S. What's really interesting is all 66 of the fund's limited partners are community banks, accounting for $600 billion in assets. That would actually rank as the fifth largest U.S. bank. The fund is a partnership between Fintop Capital and Jacobs Asset Management, which we'll refer to in the podcast as Jam. On today's show, We have Joe Maxwell of Fintop, joined by Adam Aspis and Ryan Zakaria of Jacobs Asset Management. I have them on the show to talk about the fund and its investments, sure, but it's also a conversation around the future of community banking and what kinds of tools and technologies they'll need to be competitive in the future. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, Name's Joe Maxwell. I run a venture fund called Fintop Capital, which stands for Financial Technology Operating Partners. Myself and my partners were all recovering entrepreneurs um, that got hit with the lucky stick to be in fintech. Um, I've been in fintech 30 years as an operator and entrepreneur uh, for most of that bootstrapped first company and, and sold to banks, had about 1,200 banks in my first company and, and, and have subsequently been bouncing around what we call FinTech. And I think um, it's just a, a wild time. And I think, I think quite frankly, we're kind of on the five-yard line uh, right now. So I think there's a, there's a big future in front of us. Five-yard line and going in which direction? Going, going the full field. Sorry. Uh, I don't <laughs> okay. think we're at the end. We're, we're not just, in the red zone. We're not in the, red, not zone. In the red zone. Thank okay. you. I should, I should have clarified that as a Southerner, I should never always clarified that with a football reference. So I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed now. You got, you got full <laughs> control on me, Zach. Ryan. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, I'm Ryan Zakaria. Also appreciate you having us on uh, director of research at Jacobs Asset Management, general partner at Jam Special Opportunity Ventures. Um, we are investors in financial services, um, and that includes uh, banks, 
uh, and specialty finance companies. And uh, we're really excited to have partnered with FinTop um, on this on this vehicle. Um, and I'm joined with uh, my partner, Adam Aspis, as well. Adam, last but definitely not least, who are you and what do you do? Uh, thanks, Zach. It's uh, Adam Aspis. I'm a portfolio strategist at JAM. I've had a 24-year career on Wall Street, uh, buy side and sell side. I've been with JAM for five years, and uh, we started JAM Special Opportunity Ventures in the last year, where I'm a general partner, and uh, you know, we put together this JV with FinTop. Awesome. Thank you all for, for joining us. I'm going to kick it back to Joe on the five-yard line and, uh, and ask... I get you, you talked about your entrepreneurial journey. Um, why, why go to the other side of the table at this point? That's a great question. Um, first, first and foremost, I, 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 I think I hit my limit with operating. I'm, I'm, I'm in my early fifties. It's really hard to continue to be an entrepreneur. The later you get, the older you get. Um, but, but moreover, I, I, I just saw the opportunity for lots of great young entrepreneurs that were entering the market in this, this, this fintech space. I mean, if you look at the amount of capital in fintech right now, it, it's just incredible. And I think a lot of that is the large FIs have put their weapons down. They're not building. Uh, that used to be our largest competitor in the end was, was large institutions building their own technology. So we just saw an opportunity that there was just going to be a, a real move to, to leasing and buying platforms in the tech space. And I just saw a lot of young operators that just don't understand the regulatory environment and the headwinds. It's not as easy as it looks to get into the space. And as operators, I think we have a, you know, we, we have a, a bunch of experience and we have an accumulated advantage that we can share with these guys. So it was a really good time. We hopped in in 2016 and moved from the entrepreneurial and the operating side to the investment side. And it's just been a wild ride since. So, so I get that, um, that you can provide that um, sort of the adult in the room and that with the experience that you, that you've had building your own companies, what about the transition to investor? What kind of, what kind of skill set change or learning that did you need to, to go through to that's, uh, that's a approach great, the market as an investor? That's a great question because a lot of potential investors, you know, a lot of the fund is our own money, but when you're getting folks to invest in you as an entrepreneur is very different than a portfolio manager because the fear is that you'll, you'll end up either being an undisciplined deal junkie or you'll find a company you love so much that you got to go run. Um, but it, it, it's been really good for me personally. It's been a really good transition. I'm very fortunate. We, we raised a small fund, the first fund, to prove it out that we wouldn't be <laughs> undisciplined. Um, I actually really enjoy it because the, the thing that really fires me up is the strategic part of the businesses and really spending time uh, building strategy, helping put 90-day sprints, putting governance, putting infrastructure, and, and that's where we live in these companies. So thus far, knock on wood, it's it's been a really, really uh, great transition and exciting for me. I've got new life. Great. And I want to hear from, from the Jacobs guys. Um, before, let's talk about uh, your work in fin investing in financial services outside the JV and then talk about, I guess, all together, we can talk about how how, how that all kind of comes together with 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 both sides of the FinTop and the Jam guys. So so can you guys talk about um, your perspective in financial services as as investors? 
Yeah, I'd say that JAM has a 26-year history investing in U.S. financials. We do it through a hedge fund and private equity funds. And as part of our research process, we meet with about 500 companies a year. And their views on technology are, have really become central to how we separate winners and losers. And you know, within those 500 companies, a large majority of the companies we meet with are community banks. And you know, really, our investment thesis has morphed from being very focused on branch maps to now being almost completely focused on tech stack, knowing that's really going to be the determinant of value. And unfortunately, when we meet with the community bank management teams, we often hear about how hard it is to keep up with the innovation coming out of the larger banks and the nimble, well-funded fintechs. And you know, for a lot of the community banks, they just don't have the technology budgets or engineers to either plug into modern technology or to keep up with uh, the competition. And so that really uh, led us down this path to thinking about the future of banking and how we could help community banks uh, compete with those large banks and nimble fintechs. So I'm curious, I know we're going to talk about um, the opportunity in, in bank tech or fintech, but are you guys still investing in community banks? And if so, like, what's the thesis there? Like, what, what makes a good investment candidate at the community bank level? Yeah, we're still, you know, very invested in community banks. Um, we still believe in the touch points in the community. It's, it's just simply they have to invest in technology to keep up. And, you know, we think there's a great case to be made that, uh, they'll be increasingly uh, competitive and relevant, but it, but they have to have the technology. It's it's table stakes, and uh, we do fear many of them will will not do that. There will be a lot of consolidation along the way, but um, but we are really excited about the digital innovation we are seeing from a whole host of community banks. So I'm curious, um, I'm just going to uh, keep pulling at this a little bit, but um, the community banks that do get it, what, what defines them? Um, what are their attributes, the ones that kind of understand the value that technology will play in their future? Yeah, I, I could take that. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think one of the things as we kind of set about to raise this fund that surprised us is that it, it doesn't really seem correlated to size. The bigger you are, uh, does not um, relate to how sophisticated you are with respect to tech, how willing you are to adopt tech. Um, I think uh, companies that have uh, really kind of well-defined niches, um, banking specific um, areas, uh, professions or businesses um, that really understand uh, the needs of their customers, we find um, oftentimes are, are the most innovative banks um, <clears throat> because they understand the processes that are involved um, and how you can use technology to more deeply embed your institution and the services you provide within the workflows of your customers. Is there a certain level of resourcefulness? You said, Ryan, that it's not necessarily related to size. These aren't necessarily companies that are that that are are. Are, are large per se that get it. Um, is there a certain level of scrappiness or resourcefulness of the banks that understand the role that technology will play in, in their future? Absolutely. One thing that I do think it, it generally correlates to um, is uh, you know the age um, of management mm, and the innovation mindset. Um, 
uh, for sure. Great. So let's go back to Joe. Um, so let's talk about the JV. Maybe you can take us behind the scenes of, of, of how it was formed, why it was formed. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we, FinTop, we have two funds. We have about 25, 26 portfolio companies. We're jamming away. About 40% of our funds are, are specifically in the bank distribution bank sector. And I get reached out at course no jam by reputation and i'm like you know these are big fi investors and right. they invest in banks and adam reached out and he says hey we've talked to a bunch of funds this is they were very honest they said we we're we're really aggressive towards certain sectors and i think we're late on technology and i think you know we're getting told by the market and we're very interested in leaning into this technology game with a bank tech fund and so we bantered back and forth. I said, guys, this makes a lot of sense because the Volcker rule was repealed. Small banks could not invest in funds. When we raised our funds, we do not have banks as LPs. They talked about a co-investment fund and a strategy set forth. And, and I was all ears because I realized that, you know, we're very bank friendly. A lot of fintechs are not bank friendly. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a, not that they're overtly unfriendly. It's just that they are building their own chassis. It's an alt, an alternative view to fintech. And they're not partnering with banks. They're kind of building NEO or, 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 or a new classification of banks. And FinTop, we're very leverage distribution focused. We, we, we are B2B. We try to build uh, modernization of rails to the current banking system because there's fantastic distribution and it's a regulated environment. And that's very difficult to like... <laughs> achieve if you start de novo it's very expensive so mm -hmm. when they when they approached me they had the same thesis we did and they're like it, it made a lot of sense and i said hey guys if you manage the banks because i i don't want to stop what we're doing we have to stay in our focus because you know we're fintech investors and they really understand the banks and we came together and man, this thing was successful overnight. And, and it was amazing to see the quality of banks that Jam brought forth to invest. I was well pleased with certain banks, you know, digital, uh, I mean, their, their commitment to a digital transformation, true, true digital transformation. Um, a lot of banks say that, but then when you get inside the, the boardrooms, <laughs> you quickly realize that it's an operation strategy. It's it's not truly a, a digital strategy. So it, it, it was uh, it came together um, and we built this and, and it's really great. We co-invest, FinTop will do a deal and the Jam FinTech, the bank fund comes right next to it. And it, it allows us to have a lot more runway. A lot, uh, we can write bigger checks. We can stay in these deals a lot longer. So thus far it's working incredibly well. And before I kick it back to the, the Jam guys, uh, Joe, like, what's the investment mandate? How big are the checks? Like, what's yeah, the so, so you're looking at? That's a great question. Um, so we typically are a series A to B. We generally write three to four checks when we go into these deals. We're generally the mandate to come in at a million in recurring revenue or coming upon that. Uh, they have some distribution. So the typical bank deal will have three to five banks as customers. They've got product market fit. They've got some pricing. They haven't built out the executive team fully. Uh, some have, some hadn't, you know, it, 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 it's all along the spectrum, but generally the FinTop special <laughs> is series A, five to $8 million round uh, for that first round. We're building out 
the requirements for governance, the board, the mm -hmm. distribution strategy, and we're putting growth capital into these deals. And, and what's incredibly valuable about the bank tech deal, I've been selling to banks my entire life. It is so expensive and cost prohibitive to get that first 10 to 20 banks because of the infosec, the balance sheet requirements. There's so much that needs to be um, really leaned into to get that to go from like two banks to 10 banks. And now we have this bank network that we can invite into the room and we can completely show the goods. And these banks are hungry to be in here and look at that. And then, as Ryan said, we know the industry specific banks that verticalize. So if we see a really nice piece of lending technology that's specific to a vertical, we can bring in the banks and kind of predetermine if these are deals, but because we know the banks that, that have this exact focus. So it's a really good matchmaking. Great. Um, I have some more questions for you, Joe, but I want to, I want to, uh, send this over to the jam guys. Um, let's talk about that, that bank network and it, and it serves both as an investor base or a co-investor base, as well as sort of this uh, future install base, right. For, for the investments that you're making. So can you talk about the banks that, um, what type of banks make up that network? Sure. We really, uh, we're focused on community banks. Everyone defines community banks differently. We sort of thought about it as 50 billion and down. As, as where we would focus. And we have everything in between. There are banks under a billion in assets and there are banks that are you know, slightly north of 50 billion and it's everything in between. And you know, I, I think that uh, we intend to add more banks over time and we'll, we'll probably stay you know, right in that, that one to $50 billion range. And, and what are they looking to get out of it? I think it's in addition to investment returns, it's just being a part of this ecosystem that we're building. So, you know, we're, we're forming multiple committees. Uh, we'll have an annual, uh, not annual, we'll have annual conferences, but uh, regular webinars and just building a, a lot of content so that the banks can keep up with what's going on in bank tech and fintech and, you know, really, um, you know, keep up with the technology innovation that they need. So it's almost like they're securing um, potential partnership flow as well as ongoing education and exposure to sort of trends in the market. Yes. I mean, we're going to do a lot of demos and, you know, one of the biggest complaints we heard from the community banks is right now they, you know, some banks, the light bulb hasn't gone, gone off and, and they're just going to fall too far behind where the light bulb's gone off. Now they need to figure out which fintechs to partner with. And when they make that decision, it's like dripping through a fire hose, you know? And if they make a bad decision and they partner with the wrong fintech, well, they just wasted a big chunk of their technology budget. Mm. And now the, the, the board or the CEO isn't gonna let them do it again. And, and you know, now they've fallen behind again. And so we, we heard these mistakes over and over. Um, they want help on figuring out how to, you know, drink through that fire hose. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what we bring to the table with FinTop and really narrowing down their choices and showing them, you know, best of breed companies to work with. Is there, I, obviously they're not giving money away. There is a profit motive too. I mean, are they looking to make a return on their investment? Of course. And, and you know, we think that this ecosystem that we're building, um, you know, doesn't guarantee returns, but we think it, it's a, it's a better mousetrap because as Joe said, the hardest part of the life cycle to fintechs is going from two or three customers to 15 to 20. And we can really help accelerate that growth and 
you know, that's where in a world where these software companies are trading, you know, six to 10 times revenues, if we can help accelerate those revenues from a million to, to several million, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're going to really help the investment returns. Yeah, the model is really interesting because, I mean, a lot of VCs talk about synergies within the portfolio, you know, the dynamics within their portfolio companies. You're actually building uh, a network of investors with skin in the game that are also looking for, uh, you know, partnerships. It's 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 a very interesting model. Um, Joe, back to you. Um, can you can, can we can we talk about some of the investments that Fintop has made? And sure. um, yeah, I guess give us a feel for like some of the trends in the portfolio. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, um, we, we, we have a couple defined thesis and you'll see our portfolio. It's mostly middle back office, really boring, boring, boring stuff. Hmm. Um, it, it's a lot of workflow automation. Uh, we're not tip of the spear investors. We're not direct to consumer. We don't have anything this direct. It's all B2B. Um, we, we, we can highlight a few companies. I mean, one, one company in particular that I'll just point is called Fispan. Um, fantastic you know entrepreneur. She's out of Vancouver. She mm -hmm. sold HyperWallet to PayPal. Right. Um, this was her second deal. And she really understood that embedded banking was all about interoperating and connecting a, a treasury, treasury managed both small business and large business. Everything starts and stops with the ERP, the bookkeeping system. And if you think about it, banks forever had separate commercial banking, they had mobile banking, for, and they had a separate network. And what she said is, hey, this next generation, we're going to have to connect or embed the ERP or the banking system inside the ERP. So if you think about it, the old model was companies went to banks. Now the bank is having to come to the company and they, get, they better do that quickly. So she has built a very robust, quick connect set of APIs, kind of kind of the, the plaid for banking or the stripe for banking for ERPs. And so that's a perfect example of a deal that it, we went in and we led the first round and helped build the board. And I'm on the board with Lisa and, and really helping her to land and, expand, land and expand into the U.S. And she's got incredible uh, uh, global market access for what she does as well. So that's a perfect example of one company's act. That's great. Um, I'm interested in both your perspectives. Um, part of our coverage at Tearsheet, and this has really just happened over the past six months, is um, the institutional interest in 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 cryptocurrencies. Um, you mentioned Joe not being necessarily tip of the spear, but is is there a growing demand or at least an interest now at the institutional level uh, to get involved, either on the custody level or to get started to get involved in in, in crypto? Yeah, absolutely. We see it every day. We talked about it yesterday in our partner meeting uh, with Ryan and Adam for quite a while. But, you know, it's it's not as much cho choosing choosing coins or anything like that. It's more picks and shovels. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're really looking for infrastructure businesses that can mm -hmm. actually provide, you know, kind of core infrastructure for the banks. The banks are going to lean into it slowly. There's going to be a few that break out as leaders. And that's a perfect example where they need to look to the network on which way to move. Because if you're an individual bank out there trying to make a bet on where to go, I mean, it can be a very dangerous, not dangerous, but it can have uh, really significant, um, significant influence on your strategy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're looking for picks and shovels in the custody and the movement, wrapping around the core, being able to convert from USD to digital, just to 
pay bills, make deposits, make transfers, make trades um, is very interesting within the banking system today. Got it. And Ryan and Adam, what do you what are you guys hearing from banks around um, around crypto? Now, look, I think it's just as kind of Joe said, I think that uh, there's obviously heightened interest um, in crypto infrastructure as a service custody. I think on the consumer side, you have more banks that are interested in using it as kind of a, um, you know, a marketing hook. Um, you know, and I think our interest uh, as uh, kind of investors in kind of B2B uh, uh, SaaS uh, is going to be on that kind of um you know, infrastructure and plumbing, uh, you know, as, as opposed to kind of some of the direct to consumer um, stuff that's specifically focused on, you know, an individual coin. Um, I, I guess we have, to, we have time for one last question. Um, I'm curious, uh, again, from both parties, um, what your expectations are, I guess, for, for, for the partnership, for the for the relationship, um, for fintech going out into the next, you know, nine to 12 months? Um, we start with Joe. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm very enthusiastic. I think I'm really excited to learn from the banks because you'd be amazed how much lead flow we we get from them. Uh, <laughs> there's lots of young companies that are banging around and wandering their halls. That was me. I was I found a few banks and turned mm-hmm. it into a few more and a few more. So I think we're going to learn a lot from each other. I, I, I don't. I think it's going to be um, a virtuous codependency, if I could, mm. could throw it out there as a context. So, you know, a lot of people want to discount the banks. I don't. I, I really look to them as value uh, and value adds. So I, I think we're going to learn a lot from each other. We're going to we're going to have some bumps and bruises. Uh, I feel very good about the deal flow. Um, I think we're not going to rush to deals. I think the banks want to see a lot. They're going to realize that there's a tempo to this. Uh, but unfortunately, I think in the market we're going to see we're going to see some carnage as well. I mean, there's just so much fintech so much, right yeah. now. It's just so, and so much money sloshing around. And there's so much money. And yeah. I mean, I'm looking at deals now. Uh, we're looking at a deal on a tuck in a company that had raised about 30 million and picking it up for two million bucks. I mean, it's starting to happen. You know, they wow. just never hit distribution. And people don't understand fintech. It's all about distribution. I mean, not direct to consumer, but institutional B two B fintech. Distribution is key, and and this stuff is hard to sell. People don't buy this; they're sold it. So um, I'm really looking forward to kind of cutting through a lot of the clutter and picking some winners here real soon. Great. How about you, Jam guys, Ryan, Adam? I just say we're super fired up to work with FinTop to bring innovations to the community bank that so desperately need it and want it, and uh, it's really exciting. The the uh, the digital officers, the CEOs, the CFOs. I mean. People are super fired up and engaged to work uh, with us and FinTop and really take their banks to the next level. The uh, everyone understands the importance of this, and you know I really think this is going to be a great collaboration. I, Adam, I, yeah, I totally, I, I totally echo uh, the sentiments of both Joe and Adam. I think that um, this is going to be a really um, incredible thing. We've been really gratified with kind of the uptake in the fund. Um, and we're just really excited to kind of put it into motion, um, you know, with the engagement that we're going to have with the banks um, and ultimately investing in companies that are um, endeavoring to solve some of the most fundamental problems they're facing these days. Awesome. Joe, Ryan, Adam, thank you very much for joining us on the Tier Sheet Podcast today. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. Be good. Take care.